What is up, Review and Preview fans? Back at it for the third week in a row. My name is Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Amin Kasawi once again. Uh, third time's a charm, they say. Uh, Amin, welcome back. We have an action-packed show. First off, how are you doing? I know you've been doing some Australian Open stuff over at work there. How's that going? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been, the work has been fun because I'm a big tennis fan. Growing up, I used to live right across the street from the old U.S. Open Stadium in Forest Hills, Queens. So, always grew up a big tennis fan. My dad was a tennis fan. So, I, I and this was the first tennis assignment I've been given at ESPN because before that, I started in the, in November. So, no tennis obviously around that area at that uh, time. So, I was happy to get it, but because of the time difference, which I didn't think about when I when I was like excited to say yes to the gig. <laughs> Uh, my shifts are like 3 a.m. to 9 a.m., so my sleep schedule is all messed up, and I appreciate you rolling with the punches, moving this recording a little bit later today so that I could be somewhat fresh. But, um, yeah, doing pretty well otherwise. Uh, how are you? You've been pretty busy, too, excellent. I know, with commentary. Yes, uh, excellent. A lot of basketball last couple of days. Excited to, um, you know, chop everything up with you here tonight. You know, head coaching hires that have been going down. We have some playoff games to preview and um, recap. So looking forward to it. But, folks, our shameless plug to start off, if you like what you watch, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media platforms at Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, and uh, Facebook as well at Review and Preview Sports. Um, appreciate Everybody's love and support. Oh, yes. And TikTok as well. How could I forget? Um, let's start with the breaking news. Uh, maybe not so breaking anymore, but Jim Harbaugh is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, just less than a month removed from actually like two weeks removed from Michigan winning the national championship over Washington. Um Harbaugh, it was an interesting year for him at Michigan. They did a self-imposed three-game suspension for recruiting violations, and then in November, the Big Ten suspended him for another three games for a sign-stealing scandal surrounded by the good old Connor Stallions. Harbaugh agrees to a five-year contract with the Chargers, replaces Brandon Staley, inherits an awesome young quarterback in Justin Herbert, I mean. I'll start with you here on this one. What were your initial thoughts to this hardball hire? And do you think he's just sick of the punishments pouring on Adam at the college level? I think for sure that definitely plays a factor, especially the stress he went through this year. But also, I don't I never saw him as like a Nick Saban type, someone who's going to be a college lifer, even though I know Saban was an NFL guy for a few seasons, but he was really known for his college coaching i always saw harbaugh as someone who was gonna take the next step up eventually and this was the season to do it not even withstanding all the drama that he went through undefeated big 10 regular season champion uh national champion first time michigan has had that since tom brady was there so that's a long time obviously and only their second uh outright national championship he beat ohio state the last three seasons which is something he didn't do in his first six i believe so absolutely the best way to go out is to go out on top. This was the year to do it also, you know, when you factor in all the drama. So I, I wasn't surprised. And of all the places I thought he might end up, the one that made the most sense was the Chargers to me. Obviously, he was a coach at Stanford back in the day, so a West Coast guy. 
uh, beautiful weather out there. And like you mentioned, he's inheriting a great young quarterback who's got all the tools. Uh, he's been a little mismanaged, I think, the, fa- the past couple of years. Last year, they made the playoffs. And in that horrible game against the Jaguars, they just stunk it up in the second half. And this year, the wheels just came off. So the Chargers needed a, a fresh coat of paint. And Harbaugh's going to bring a ton of excitement. I remember when he uh, went to the 49ers that first year, right out the gate. You know, the 49ers were really, really bad for about 15 seasons from like 2002 to 2000, not 15, I guess maybe a decade, 12, 13. So when he got there, 13 and three, right out the gates, made the NFC Championship the first two seasons. Not only did he do that, he did it with two different quarterbacks. He had Alex Smith and Kaepernick. So, and he's obviously molded J.J. McCarthy over at Michigan. So he knows how to work with young, talented QBs, especially QBs who can run as well as pass, which Herbert can do. It's uh, it's one of his more, you know, understated skills, his legs. He's a great thrower, obviously. So I think it's the right fit. And I think the Chargers are going to be one of the teams to, to watch out for the next couple of years, especially in the AFC West. You know, the Raiders, you never expect much from them. The Broncos have been a mess, and I don't see that changing. I think Sean Payton has jumped the shark. So really all you got to worry about in that division is KC, who will obviously be there. And it'll be exciting because now that he's in the AFC, we might see another uh, Harbaugh-Harbaugh matchup uh, coming up soon, like that Super Bowl. Yeah, and the Ravens are actually scheduled to play the Chargers in the regular season in 2024. And, you know, as you mentioned, Harbaugh has a plethora of experiences in college and at the pro level. I'm the head coach from 2011 to 2014 for the 49ers, you know, at Michigan the last nine years. And then his NFL head coaching record is very good, despite it being brief. I mean, and he actually is a former Charger player. He was a starting quarterback for the Chargers for quite some time back in the day. So he returns home to L.A. Good for him. Um, Again, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan out there if you see my sweatshirt, but now that he's no longer with Michigan, might be able to root for him again. We'll definitely see what happens there. Definitely the biggest splash of this hiring cycle for sure. Um, And by the way, I mean, it's looking like the Chargers might steal our assistant GM as their new general manager, Brandon Brown. Uh, So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It's not common that the head coach gets hired before the GM when a cycle like this happens. Usually you want the GM to pick his guy, but there has to be a plan in place with Jim Harbaugh. That's my only logical thinking about that. So, but hey, they are in cap hell, though. I will say that. They have to get out of that fast. They got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You know, they, they need a tight end. I won't be shocked if they roll with um, Bowers at five, which might, you know, might be considered a reach for some, but he's definitely a top five talent in this draft. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, congrats to Jim Harbaugh and congrats to the L.A. Chargers. Um, Next up, let's get to the next hire, Amin. And I'll be honest with you, what I heard about it earlier, I was confused. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, well, who the heck would want to take the Panthers job? But Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales is the new head coach for the Carolina Panthers, just 42 years old. And when I looked at this, Amin, on the surface, I saw just one year as an offensive coordinator for the Bucks. But look what he did with Baker Mayfield this year. And before that, in 2022, he was the Seahawks quarterbacks coach. That was the Geno Smith comeback. 
season. So now the hope here, I think, by hiring him, Amin, is to get Bryce Young on the right track. That clearly did not happen with Frank Reich. And if people are a little bit concerned about this hire, go check out Rashad White's tweet saying in all are saying in exclamation points in all caps, no, he did not want to lose his offensive coordinator. But I mean, I mean, let's break this higher down. I think the Panthers right now have been pretty corrupt over the past few seasons. And maybe it just takes a young mind to turn this around. I will say, even if they're bad next year, which I do expect, hey, it's the NFC South. It's anyone's game. Yeah, that division has been so lousy uh, past couple of seasons. Uh, uh, last year, the Bucks won. The Bucks won it both years. One game over five hundred. So even with Tom Brady last year, so not not the best division. So that's where you want to be if you're, if you're going to be crummy. If you want to have a chance, don't know a lot about him other than what you mentioned. Baker Mayfield this year had his renaissance, and he was his quarterback coach. So that's telling. Prior to that, he was the, he was with the Seahawks for forever. Uh, he was with them for their two Super Bowls. He was always on the offensive side, wide receivers coach for a couple of seasons, offensive assistant, quarterback coach uh, a couple of seasons. So we'll see. He must have been. He must be a great interview because uh, I don't know much about him other than Baker and Geno. He helped them get on track. But that said, it's not like they were like the best quarterback in the league either season. They were just better than they had been prior to him. Uh, so I'm very curious to see what he does with Bryce. Bryce, we really don't know what he is yet. Uh, this season was kind of a, a throwaway with all the drama that was happening in Carolina. I saw a stat uh, the other day. The Panthers never at any point had a lead in the fourth quarter of any game this season, which is mind-blowing to to me, which speaks ill of their defense as well as their offense, obviously. But interesting hire, and, you know, we'll see what it, what how it turns out. It might, the, the Panthers might end up being – looking like geniuses if he ends up being uh, some kind of a young whiz kid. Very young for a head coach, as you mentioned. And it'll be curious. I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what he does with Bryce because, obviously, Bryce, coming out of college, had all this hoopla. We thought he'd be good right out the gates, and that wasn't the case. Not entirely his fault, obviously, but an interesting hire. Uh, TBD, for sure. Yeah, definitely interesting on the fence about that one. But moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, I think this is – um, the most questionable one, at least out of the three that we're discussing tonight. Um, he does come with NFL head coaching experience in the past. It's Raheem Morris, hired as the next Atlanta Falcons head coach uh, following the firing of Arthur Smith. Arthur Blank uh, you know, made um, it known in his press conference with the Atlanta media and journalists saying, you know, we want a guy who is going to be sharp-minded, you know, make calculated decisions and get this team back on track to where they want to be and utilize the weapons that they've drafted, such as Kyle Pitts and Drake London, who have been held back a little bit. They are a quarterback-hungry team. Um, Morris is 47 years old. He was the head coach for the Bucks from 2011 to 2013. This team, I think what makes this the most head-scratching, I mean, and this has nothing to do with Raheem Morris, Bill Belichick got two interviews with the Falcons and they bypassed him for Raheem Morris, who also defensive minded guy, maybe 24 years younger, but maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I mean, we know he served as Dan Quinn's interim for the Atlanta Falcons in 2020. So he does have ties 
to the organization. And obviously, we know what he did with the Rams. Won a Super Bowl his first year there. So what do you think of his hire on the surface? And how do you think Atlanta is going to look in 2024? Well, you mentioned the Belichick thing. Part of me thinks that they only interviewed him and interviewed him a second time so they could reject him because of that Super Bowl debacle. So they could, so that Arthur Blank could get a little bit of a revenge, that in his mind at least. Because how do you pass on Bill Belichick for Raheem Morris other than the age factor, I guess. But Raheem Morris really doesn't have the track record. I know he was the defensive coordinator for that Rams team that won the Super Bowl. He was on the, the defensive staff for the Bucks back in 20, 2002 when they won the Super Bowl a million years ago. But it's, it's a, it's a, to me, it's not the right fit because I don't see him. To me, he's a coordinator. That's where he belongs. He's strong in that area because area, his head coaching tenure with Tampa did not prove fruitful. Three seasons, one year he won three, one year he won four games. So nothing to, to talk about there. Also, I, looking at his resume, he was, as you mentioned, with the Falcons – from uh, 2015 through 2020, but he was on the offensive side of the ball, which I found so bizarre for such a, for a defensive guy. He was their uh, assistant head coach, pass game coordinator, and their receivers coach for a lot of that, including that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots, 28, the 28-3 comeback. So I don't, to me, it's not the right fit. I don't, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I don't see him being the guy who's going to galvanize a team that needs to be galvanized. You, like you mentioned earlier, it's the NFC South. It's a crummy division. Anyone can win it any year, but Arthur Blank is the kind of owner who wants to win a Super Bowl. You can tell by his interviews. You can tell when you see him on the sideline and his press box, he, uh, in his suite, he wants to be a champion. He doesn't seem like a owner just for fun to own a football team. So I don't see this as the hire that's going to make the Falcons a contender. Unless, of course, they draft, you know, an all-world quarterback and then all bets are off. But not a fan of this hire. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm not really a fan either. Um, Morris is an outstanding young defensive coordinator. Um, but I, I don't know if this is the right move for the franchise at this time, considering you have offensive minds out there still like Ben Johnson, um, Bobby Slowick, Frank Smith, among others, guys who – you know, are fully capable of getting you and working with that quarterback that you want. The league has changed to offensive-minded coaches. And, you know, we saw D'Amico Ryans make a nice run this year being a defensive-minded coach, and, you know, it worked out very well. But people forget Houston also had an outstanding offensive coordinator this season as well in Bobby Slowick, who I just mentioned. So, you know, you have to give both of those young guys credit. So It'll be interesting to see what Atlanta does at the OC position. I know Zach Robinson, the Rams quarterback coach, has been mentioned to follow Morris in his footsteps from L.A. to Atlanta. Um, so those are the three latest head coaching hires. That leaves two spots remaining in the Commanders and the Seahawks. So we'll see who fills those seats. Amin, let's get into our divisional round takeaways. Um I'll start with you here. You know, there were four games this weekend. Um, Not really many upsets. What caught your eye? What stood out to you? Wide right. The Buffalo Bills. The two words that, oh, my God. I watched Watching that game, I was with a friend of mine. Uh, we were at a restaurant having dinner, and it was on the screen. So we're watching, and the, the sound was on. And they get the Bills get in position. 
and something in my stomach just went, uh oh, this might, this is giving me bad like juju, like in the, something in the air. And then he kicks it, and immediately it's off. You can't. The second it came off his foot, it wasn't like one of those kicks where you're wondering is it gonna fade in. No, this was going wide right right away. Broke my heart for Bills fans. Those, those fans are such loyal, hardcore, dedicated fans. And a lot of the hate that came on Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen played a great game, all things considered. He put his team in position. Their defense caused a turnover at the goal line, preventing the Chiefs from scoring. They really had it. If they, Their clock management on that last drive bothered me, but they were playing the odds. They were going to go for the field goal. They thought they it was reasonable, which it was, 44 yards. But unfortunately, Bass just kicked it uh, wide right. And those two words are the, the bane of every Bills fan's existence. That's the first thing that I would think of. Uh, then I look at the Packer 49ers game. I picked the Packers. And for about three and a half quarters, I was like, I'm looking pretty smart. But then that last drive, the 49ers put it together. Brock Purdy, you know, all the pressure on him. His first game-winning playoff drive, that was the moment. And he did it. McCaffrey was awesome on that drive as he's been all season. And then, you know, Jordan Love showed his inexperience throwing. It was it was like Brett Favre all over again. Fading towards his right, throws against the grain to the middle of the field. You never do that. That's like quarterback 101, pick, game over. So the 49ers uh, get through. They didn't look their best, which is uh, interesting for the Lions game. But they pulled it off. The Lions surprised me with how well they played. I thought the Bucks were going to go in there and steamroll them. Dead wrong. The Lions stood up. Two playoff victories for the Detroit Lions in one season. They hadn't had one in, since 1991, and they have two this year. And seeing those older fans there with the signs, you know, uh, season tickets since 1960, first playoff, you know, that was awesome to see. So a big, a great feel good, uh, feel good story for Detroit. And finally, the Ravens. They looked like the best team. They look like the best team in the playoffs remaining, actually. Just uh, especially in the second half, that first half, 10-10 at the, at the break. But then they they put the gas to the, the pedal to the gas and then they ran away with it. Lamar played awesome. Uh, so very excited for this championship weekend. Excellent analysis. I agree full heartedly with everything that you said. Um, there is one thing I want to add, though. I think Baltimore's defense is outstanding. They I mean, C.J. Stroud could not get anything going. Um, you know, he only had 175 passing yards, and it was a big problem. Uh, you know, Houston's offense just looked weak throughout the entire game, and Baltimore has really separated themselves from the rest of the pack, in my personal uh, opinion. I, you know, I want to give Tampa Bay a little bit of credit. I thought they hanged in there uh, until the fourth quarter. That's when, you know, the Lions offense took over, and we're looking at what the Lions did in this year's draft, I mean, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, uh, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch, all four of those rookies have been key marquee players for Detroit this year. Everyone was putting them on blast for, I believe, taking Jameer Gibbs 12th overall in the draft. Why would you go and take that guy? Well, look at the impact that he's made. When you want your guy... You go get him, um, you know, and Detroit's in the NFC championship game. And, you know, any, any teams who might have critiqued that move, most of them are probably sitting home right now. 
Um, I'm not saying go out and take a, a running back at 12 yearly. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you find somebody who fits your scheme talent-wise, you go get them. You go get them. And Detroit, uncharted territory for them for the past 60 years. So I'm very happy for the Detroit Lions getting to where they want to be. Um, so those are my big takeaways. Uh, let's move on to our conference championship weekend preview. And this is the meat of the show, ladies and gentlemen. The three-seed Kansas City Chiefs will be at Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland, taking on the one-seed Baltimore Ravens. Again, I put um, their records with the playoff uh, wins now included. Baltimore favored by three and a half, um, according to um, ESPN and Kansas City, I mean, they finally won a road playoff game with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Um, I'll start with you here. What are you thinking about this game? And this is the first game, which is pretty crazy. This might be the, I don't want to say better of the two games, but, you know, two elite quarterbacks in this game. Yeah, and two elite defenses. As you mentioned, this is a historically great Ravens defense. It's not just the best defense this year. They really belong if they, especially if they close the deal, they belong with the great defenses of all time. First in sacks, first in takeaways, first in scoring defense, first in yards per attempt. But the Chiefs are second in all those categories. So, but a distant second, in my opinion, because the way the Ravens are doing it, it's just been so impressive. Only 16.5 points per game this season. That's nasty. And like you mentioned, they have weapons at every single level of defense at the line, in the in the in coverage, everywhere. I think it's gonna be really, really difficult for Patrick Mahomes and that offense to put up the kind of performance that they did at Buffalo. And they didn't look to me, they didn't look that great at Buffalo. I know a lot of people were like Romo said it during the broadcast. This is the best I've seen the Chiefs offense look all season. Well, if that's the case, I'm very worried about them this week playing in Baltimore against a defense that just looks like it's ready to, to hunt. Uh, Andy Reid is coaching against John Harbaugh, which is very interesting because Harbaugh was on his staff in Philly for nine seasons. He was a, you know, a protege. He, he went he, from that, from his work with Philly, he got the Baltimore gig and he's been there since 2008. However, Andy Reid is five and O in the playoffs against former assistants. So he seems to know the tricks to beat his former guys. Uh, it'll be so interesting to see, the Chiefs offense versus the uh, Ravens defense. That's where the game is going to be won because Lamar Jackson and is going to do him. He's going to run. Josh, he's going to do what Josh Allen did last week, but even better, which is be efficient with the ball. Now, he's not going to throw a lot. I see they're going to run, run, run. But when he gets the chance, he's going to make those passes. I see him being like, you know, 18 for 22, that kind of game, you know, 200 yards throwing, nothing crazy, just enough to, you know, keep the the Chiefs defense in check. You know, the Ravens have had 100 yards in 35 straight games. That's amazing. They've allowed fewer than 20 points in five straight games. Uh, Jackson has had three games with 100 rushing yards in the playoffs. Uh, that's going to happen again if he has mark andrews maybe the passing game will open up a bit but i think it's going to be really difficult for the chiefs uh, i know a lot of three and a half i think it's going to be bigger than that i think the ravens 
the way they looked last week. Listen, if Patrick Mahomes goes into Baltimore and wins this game, and it's going to have to be him who wins it. I know his defense is pretty good, but the defense is not going to win this game. He's got to put up points and put yards on the board and make that defense put it on its heels. I don't think he can do it. I think this is going to be a – I think the Chiefs are going to come up short in this one. I think the Ravens are going to head to the Super Bowl. This is the first time since 1970 that the city of Baltimore has hosted a conference championship game. That was, of course, the Baltimore Colts. Wow, look at Amin. Some throwback stats there. I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, you know, to your point, uh, Mark Andrews is expected to play this week, first time since week 11. Uh, you mentioned some great sacks about the defense. Well, they didn't sack C.J. Stroud last week, but they held him to just 175 yards through the air. Um, you know, you have star players like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen at linebacker. Uh, Justin Matabuk through the interior there, and their secondary is number one pass defense in the NFL. They held Nico Collins to just 68 yards uh, last week. I'm looking at some big matchups. I mean, this week, Zay Flowers against Chiefs first-team All-Pro Trent McDuffie, who held Stephon Diggs to just 21 receiving yards last week. Um, he had two tackles for loss in that game, too. Um, I know Willie Gay suffered an injury. He's heavy on that quarterback spot. And we saw what Lamar did against Houston last week, a hundred rushing yards, two touchdowns, seven rushing first downs. Um, you know, Baltimore's won 10 of their last 11 games and they're dominant at home. The offense has scored 31 plus points in seven straight home games. Um, you know, when it all starts with their offensive line, their running game, you know, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, and adding Dalvin Cook as the number three back has definitely been beneficial uh, to them as well. And I think when you look at Patrick Mahomes, you're right. He'll have to win this game. Six straight AFC championship game for him. Three and one in his career against Lamar. Now they haven't played since 2021. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, and here's an interesting stat. I mean, the Chiefs. When they get to 21 points or more, they're 10-0 and 0 this season. But you mentioned the stat when you were talking and analyzing the game just now that Baltimore has not allowed more than 20 points in their last five games. So what does that tell you, right? This is going to be a lower-scoring game than people think. Um, I will give the Chiefs defense a little bit of credit. I am not so sure Baltimore gets the 31 this week, that might be a tall task. Um, you know, they're going to have to get the ball to Rice, and it's going to be tough to get it to Kelsey. You know, Roquan's going to be locked on. Patrick Queen is going to be locked on. Um, a note on that real quick. What's Kelsey, uh, he averages 87 yards per game against the Ravens, which is the most against any team in his career. At least five, He's played at least five times. So that's something that made if they can and he has to get off because if it's not if if it's not him, who's going to be catching those balls? It's you can't have you know Rice doing everything. They don't have that. Yeah, they don't have that complimentary wide receiver to Rashi Rice. We know Kelsey is there, guys. That's their primary option. But you want to throw it on the boundary. Kelsey's not catching many passes on the boundary. A lot of it's over the middle of the, of the field. Um. Fun fact, um, before I make this prediction, 
the Ravens beat the Chiefs 30-7 to in the 2010 playoffs. That's the only time they ever met in the postseason. There you go. 2010, wow. Yeah. My pick is the Baltimore Ravens. Number one rush offense in the league. They lean on that this week. I think the Chiefs keep it close. I want to give it a final score of 27 to 23. Baltimore advances to the Super Bowl. All right, so we're one for one. Uh, one for one. Um, we're sorry, Swifties, if you're watching. We, we went the other way on, on this one. Now, before we get to the next game, I had a question for you, and it's related to the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. You know, ever since Lamar Jackson has been uh, in the NFL, you know, he's been criticized. He hasn't won big playoff games, and that's true. We both predicted Baltimore to win this game, but will Lamar Jackson look really good doing it? Will he silence his critics? I feel like he sort of already has, but I kind of wanted to get your take on this because I know you and I have never really spoken about it much. So I think it would be an interesting topic to just uh, chew along here for a minute. So two things I would say. First of all, yes, I think he will silence his critics. I think I like I potentially think he already has as well. But I think in this game, AFC championship against another, you know, marquee quarterback, and he's gonna be the two-time MVP. I think he's gonna play outstanding. And I think it's the kind of performance, it's gonna be the kind of performance where it gives them the boost and the momentum heading into the playoffs. I think he's gonna after this game, there'll be no more, oh, is he clutching the playoffs, all that nonsense. I think this is going to be the game for that. Second point, however, if I had a vote, he would not be the league MVP. I I hate that it's always got to go to the quarterback. It, when it's deserved, I understand. But that team is not great. He's not the reason by himself. The defense is more vital than him, if you ask me. He's, don't get me wrong, he's crucial. But in my opinion, he is not the league MVP this season. If I had a vote, I'd vote for Christian McCaffrey. Maybe we'll talk about why in our next game. But, yes, I do think he's going to silence his critics. But I don't – if I had a vote, I would not vote for him as the league MVP. But he would be my first-team all-pro quarterback for the season, which he was. Um, I agree. I do think he already sort of has. So I'm intrigued to see if he wins another playoff game this week and gets to his first Super Bowl. So uh, definitely want your take on that. Um, Yeah, awesome stuff, as always, Amin, and – Let's get on to the next game, the NFC Championship game, the Detroit Lions taking on the San Francisco 49ers uh, in San Francisco. Um, this should be an awesome game. Niners survived the Packers last week. You know, you just mentioned McCaffrey. He did score the game-winning touchdown with around a minute to go left in the game, and the Detroit Lions pull away from the Bucks in the fourth quarter. Detroit. Back in the NFC Championship for the first time since 1991. And the first time the team has won two playoff games in the same season since 1957. How's that? A long time ago. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, But what are you thinking here? I, I know you're high on McCaffrey. You know, you picked the Packers to win last week, but... All in all, the Niners and Lions are now here. Who's coming away with the championship? It's going to be the 49ers, and I'm very confident in this pick. Uh, The Lions, 
They shut me up last week, and I'm very impressed by them, by Campbell, Goff. You know, this was a season for the ages for that franchise because a lot of people coming in thought they would win the division because of how they finished last season. But I don't know if any many people thought that they'd be, you know, 12 and 5 in the regular season and then win two playoff games fairly, you know, decisively. You know, the, they really, really put the clamps on the Bucks, And, you know, they're a good team. They're a really young, good team. You mentioned their draft. They're brilliant in the draft. And they're going to be good for years to come. I, it's going to be really interesting as Jordan Love develops to watch the Packers-Lions rivalry in that division because the Bears and the Vikings, forget about it. They're not going to be anything to talk about. But this isn't going to be the year. I think the scare of the Packer game is going to put some added, you know, all right, let's 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 handle our business right now. Because last year they got to this round, Purdy was hurt early in that game. They basically didn't have a quarterback against Philadelphia, and that's why they lost that game. When Christian, McCaff- when Christian McCaffrey... Debo, Debo Samuel and Brock Purdy are in the lineup together since Purdy's first career start and healthy. They are 18 and one averaging 33 points per game. When just one of them is hurt, they go from 33 to 18 points per game. And that's, you know, a little troubling because of what happened in the in last week's game. We saw Samuel went out, didn't return, but from what I hear, he's going to be back. He, he and maybe he won't be 100%, but I think the 49ers just have the schemes. Shanahan is a great, great play caller, you know, really. <laughs> and he, he's got a lot to live up to with his dad being a two-time Super Bowl coach champion. And he wants to get there. He's already gotten to one Super Bowl, two if you count his uh, assistant role with the Falcons. Came up short both times. I think he really wants to, you know, get over the hump. And this is the year to do it. They've been in the NFC Championship three of the last four. They went to that Super Bowl against the Chiefs. One bad throw by Garoppolo to a wide open Emmanuel Sanders was really the difference in that fourth quarter. So I think it's going to be all about the scheming. And I think Agent Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions, he's amazing. But I think that O-line for the 49ers are going to hold him in check, which is vital because they can't let him get off. On the opposite end, Fred Warner, probably the best inside linebacker in football bar none and i think he's going to have a day like i mentioned debo samuel's injury that's going to be a factor when he's on the field they average seven yards per play when he's off it goes down to five their yards per attempt goes down by one and then there's the jared goff factor jared goff was the uh rams quarterback uh when they beat the 49ers a couple of years ago uh now obviously he's in detroit can he pull it off again i don't know It'll be an interesting call, but I think the 49ers just have too many weapons, too much experience. They're at home. They were here last year and came up short on the road. I think the 49ers are going to win. And it's a seven, they gave them a seven point, uh, you know, seven point favorite. I think that's about right. I think the Lions are going to make a game out of it. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But at the end, I think the 49ers are going to make just enough plays to win this game. 20. 31-24. All right. So Amin has the two one seeds advancing to Super Bowl yep. 57. Um, so for me here, I'm going to save my uh, game pick to the, ver- to the very end of my analysis. I'm going to oh. do the complete 180 to Amin. 
Uh, look, Jared Goff is 0-5 in his last five games against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he's looked really good the first two weeks of the playoffs. He's nearly thrown for 600 yards and three touchdown passes, and that is with a uh, backfield of Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, who have been phenomenal this season. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has torched opposing defenses. Uh, he has 75 or more receiving yards in the last six games, and Sam Laporta has done remarkable playing through injury this season. I think this week, knowing that the 49ers have decent corners and Charvarius Ward and Demandre Lenore, Josh Reynolds and Jamison Williams will have to step up to complement Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, the Lions O-line also must contain Nick Bosa, second in the league in quarterback hits. I'm looking at that Penny Sewell against Nick Bosa matchup. Uh, Sewell's only allowed three sacks this season. How about Taylor Decker against Chase Young, the trade deadline acquisition for the Bay team? And, um, you know, we talked about Branch. I think Alex Anzalone is a great box linebacker. Efedu Melifonwu up the middle has done really good things, but this is what makes it or breaks it for me. Aiden Hutchinson against Colton McKivitz, the, the, the Niners starting right tackle. He surrendered 11 and a half sacks this season. That is not good for a starting right tackle whose team made the NFC championship game. Remember, they lost Mike McGlinchey in free agency to the Denver Broncos, and McKivitz was the next guy up. Hutchinson has three sacks in the playoffs already. I think he is going to eat. Uh, how much is the question? So that's where I'm concerned for the 49ers' sake. Now, for the Lions, where I'm concerned Cam Sutton. Last week, he gave up 147 yards to Mike Evans, and the week prior, he allowed 180 yards to Puka Nakua. And not to mention, guys, the 49ers are playing in their third straight NFC Championship game, um, three out of the last four years now. Purdy, Caffrey, two touchdowns last week. The Lions really struggled against the run. Um, against the Rams and the Bucks. Now, they didn't run the ball that much in those games due to negative game scripts uh, for the Rams and the Bucks. But I have a feeling the 49ers are going to get ahead early and run the football. We know Debo is hurt. He has a shoulder injury. He'll be a game-time decision most likely. But um, I think it's too much, right? We saw Dre Green Greenlaw get two picks last week. As good as Fred Warner is, he's grooming up Greenlaw to be really damn good too. Um Another historical fact, I mean, the, the Niners beat the Lions 24-23 to in the 1983 divisional round, the last time they met in the postseason. Give me the 49ers winning by six points. Final score, 33-27. So we're on the same page, this one. The number one seeds are going to play in the Super Bowl. Where we're at, right? That is where which we would, are at. Which would obviously be a rematch of the 2012 Super Bowl, the Harbaugh Bowl. We mentioned we were talking about Jim earlier. Uh, th- this would be the first time back for John, and it would be his second Super Bowl. And him and it would be a great matchup. Those two teams, honestly, that if you're a fan of football, that's the match you want because it's great defenses, great offenses, two young quarterbacks. You know, who will get that Super Bowl? Will it be Lamar or Brock? Will it be Shanahan or Harbaugh gets another? Harbaugh, if he gets another Super Bowl, you got to talk about him as one of the elitist quarterbacks, uh, coaches of all time. 
I know a lot of people want the Chiefs in there because they're the sexy team and Taylor Swift and all this, but and that would be a rematch too of a couple of years ago, Chiefs 49ers. That would be good too, but I, I think the one seeds getting through would be a incredible matchup. A pick'em, a true pick'em. I, I really don't know who I would pick in the 49ers Ravens matchup. Absolutely. I, I think I'd still have to think about that if it came down. Yeah. To, to that. However, um, if it is the Lions that come out, I would probably have to just go with the Lions out of saying screw it uh, with, with my heart. But I don't know. I feel like whoever wins at the AFC would definitely be favored in that game. Um, Listen, if the Lions get to the Super Bowl, you know, we're both fairly young. Yes. It would be something I never thought I'd see in my life, <laughs> even yeah. though. Hopefully we both have a lot of life left, but that would like that would be a story. The Lions, the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Um, I'm rooting for them, but I don't see it. Prove me, prove us wrong, Detroit. But last question on Detroit. Dan Campbell has taken this team from the gutter to the NFC championship game within three years being a head coach, former Lions player himself, former Giants player who played in a Super Bowl game. Sure did. Um, is he coach of the year in your opinion? My answer to this three weeks ago would have been no. I thought his shot would have been last year when they gave it to Brian Dable. But the fact that Detroit has gotten to the NFC Championship game leads me to believe it's going to be either him or – uh, to Nico Ryan's, and it's it's a tough pass on Ryan's for me because of what Campbell has done, and he's never gotten it. So I'm gonna say that yes, he should be coach of the year. Will he get the award? I don't know, but what do you think? I think it depends on. So I don't know if do the voters vote pre playoffs or during the playoffs. I uh, it might be more of a regular season thing. Yeah, so, so it's like the NBA sort of with their, with their MVP awards. If yeah. it's going to be – if it's just a regular season award, I think D'Amico will win because of the feel-good story, the turnaround. You know, they were – you mentioned Detroit was in the gutter. So was the, right. so were the Texans last year. He was a Texans player. I think all those angles will help voters vote for him. But – that doesn't necessarily mean he was the coach of the year. The coach of the year would probably, if I had a vote myself, I would vote for Dan Campbell because historically, like, you know, the, the Texans have been bad recently. The Lions have been bad forever. So, and he is the reason they turned, he turned them around. And you mentioned he was a player of theirs too. So, and he did it, you know, over a, p- a period of three years and the way he drafted, you got to give him all the credits. It's, it's, it's an easy thing to draft CJ Stroud. You see him in college, you know, he's going to be, or at least you hope he's going to be something special. But the Lions got all these, you know, diamonds in the rough, and they have exploded in their first season, and that's coaching. You know, coaching matters for that. So if it was my vote, I'd vote for Campbell, but my prediction would be that the voters will give it to D'Amico, especially since he's such an emotional guy. You can tell how happy he is to be coaching, how grateful he is, how, you know, he's. you saw him crying in the locker room after that win against the Browns. So I think they'll go with him. Awesome stuff. Well, we'll see what is announced once the NFL 2023 season awards are revealed. Amin, I want to thank you so much for joining the show third week in a row. Very happy to have you, and I really do appreciate your time with everything. 
Oh, my friend, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be here. One more to go, hopefully. That's right. Um, yes, folks, make sure to check us out to catch more of Amin and I's content here on Review and Preview Sports. We've been going at it the last three weeks, and we'll likely have a preview of the big game coming as well for you. Um, yeah, make sure to check the uh, live stream out on YouTube of the big game. If you're watching this now, that's where we will have it for you. Appreciate you all tuning in, and we will see you all next time.